let's jump to Luke chapter six. That's what will be uh, Luke, Luke chapter six. Now, here's the thing. This uh, particular story um, is in Matthew chapter 12 uh, and in Mark chapter three. And so if you want to, you know, read a different uh, version of it or, if, you know, you want to uh, uh, read all accounts. I'm going to reference a few of those accounts. But for today, we're going to go with um, uh, the Luke six account, Luke six. Uh, and we'll go six through 11. OK, uh, so, you know, if you're taking notes or you've got your Bible, I'm going to be in the NIV uh, Bible. So uh, Luke six, six through uh, 11. Uh, here we go. So it says on another Sabbath. Uh, so to give some context, and you read this and when you know, when you go back on your own time and read it, Jesus literally just gave a lesson to the Pharisees about the Sabbath, about how he's Lord over the Sabbath. Um, he and the disciples, uh, you know, picked some grain from the field. And they were saying, you know, it's illegal according to the law to do that. You can't, you can't go into the field and and and, and pick the grain and all sorts of kind of stuff. Jesus, you're, you're disobeying the law. And then, and and so Jesus just gave them a lesson about how he's Lord over the Sabbath, right? And so now here we go again with this whole Sabbath discussion uh, with Jesus. So Luke six uh, six through eleven, it says. On another, on another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, uh, and a man was there whose right hand was withered, okay? So there's a guy there in the synagogue. Jesus is going to the synagogue to teach, and in the synagogue, there's a guy in there with a withered uh, uh, right hand. Um, and there's some symbolism in the, and not even more than just symbolism, there's a meaning there in the right hand, um, uh, and maybe we'll do something a little bit different on that in a few weeks, but uh, his right hand was withered, right? Verse 7 says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So here they are yet again, looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So what did they do? The Bible says that they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. So they're trying to find something wrong with Jesus. And they said, okay, what we're going to do here is look really closely and see what he's going to do in this synagogue. Teaching we don't have a problem with. Listen, come in here and teach all you want, because that's what he was doing. Uh, in, in Matthew, it says that he in Matthew's account of the story, it says he was teaching in the synagogue. So he was teaching, teach all you want to. But what we're looking to see is that are you going to make a difference in somebody's life today here on the Sabbath? Uh, I'm, I, I'm not even at the preaching part yet, but I feel it's coming on anyway. He says, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Verse eight says, uh, but Jesus knew what they were thinking uh, and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he did what? The Bible says he got up and he stood there. Then verse nine says, then Jesus said to them, uh, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or destroy the life? Uh, And then verse 10 says, he looked around them uh, and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so. And his hand was completely restored. Verse 11 says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious. They were mad that Jesus did this, right? And began to discuss with one another uh, what they might do uh, 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 to, uh, to Jesus. What they could do to Jesus, they want to start the plot to try to kill Jesus. Uh, the title of today's uh, uh, message is When the Trappers Get Trapped, okay? When, when, when the trappers uh, get trapped. They were out here trying to trap Jesus, but what happens when the trappers uh, 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 get trapped? Let's start at, at, at Luke 6. We're going to go the same way we kind of do with our Bible studies, verse by verse, and we're going to break this thing down, and I think God is going to bless us today. Luke 6, uh, 6, again, NIV. Uh, let's read that. It says, on another Sabbath, uh, we just read this. He says, on another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, right? And so he's going into the, into the synagogue. He's going into the place, and he starts to teach. And there was a man who was there, and his right hand was withered. You know, uh, 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 point number one, uh, and we've got to make sure we understand this, uh, is that we need to be a church. Impact has to be a church and, and, and us on this call. We need to be people who never ignore 
a need. Okay, that's point number one. We have to make sure that we are people who never ignore a need and that we do whatever we can do to try to help someone who's in need. That impact will always try to find a way. And we as individuals will always try to find a way to say yes and not say no. Here is someone with an immediate need. It's a physical need. Right. And instead, watch this. Watch this. The Bible says that 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 the Pharisees started to watch Jesus to see what Jesus was going to do about it. Someone explained to me how come they weren't paying attention to the person with the need. They're paying attention to Jesus because they're trying to trap him, but they're not paying attention to the person who has the need. And so he's got this physical need. And instead of paying attention to him uh, in, in an effort to help him, they ignore his need and they focus on their on their motive and they focus on the thing that they're trying to do as opposed to focus on the need. We need to put they we need to put aside motives for a second. We can put aside their motive for a second. And just take a look at how many times in the synagogue and most of us don't spend time in synagogues. We spend time in churches. Come on, y'all, that, that, that watch this, that the needs of people who are in the place where we are and in the place where the spirit of God is and in the place where we, at least we say the spirit of God is there, but the needs of the people who are there are literally being ignored because someone else has another purpose or another point of being there. Listen, listen, it says that they were in the synagogue and the leaders in the synagogue, they all there, right? It says, but, they, but they, they're sitting there looking at Jesus, but there's a man with the need. Jesus sees the man with the need. They see Jesus. They're not even paying attention to the person who has the need. Watch this. How many times do we gather in these buildings or we gather in our fellowships and we gather together and we totally ignore someone who has a need because there's something else that seems to be important. Now watch this. Not only the people outside the church, I'm not even talking about the people outside the church, okay? We're talking about the fact that they were in a synagogue and there was somebody there who had a need. Nobody's even, listen, we're not even talking about people outside of the church. That's an entirely different story and an entire, I see you, Crystal, wrong motives. Entirely different story, entirely different sermon, and I promise y'all I'll preach that about outside of the church uh, when when I get a second, but I'm talking about the fact that they were in the synagogue and there was someone there, and we're not talking about anyone outward. We're talking about in the church. Watch this. Is giving their time, giving their resources, participating in stuff that the church is doing, yet their needs are still ignored. And we see this all the time where sometimes there's somebody in a church and we're so worried about whether they're giving or not, or what are they doing? Do they, and, and we're not even thinking about the fact that they can't afford to keep their lights on or they can't afford to feed their family. How can you have somebody in your church whose kid needs some new pair of shoes, but the, the church won't even pay $50 for them to go to Marshall's and and purchase, I see you, Ma, and purchase a pair of shoes for the kid. But we got to make sure that the church has smoke machines and, and has lights on the stage so that when we go up there and sing, it looks like a show. But there are people who come to the show and the people who come to the show don't have everything that they need. Somebody was late to church because their car won't start. But as long as we got marble floors in the bathrooms, it doesn't matter if Crystal's car won't start. We won't help her get her car together. I know Sierra's not physically here with me. And so if she was here, she would tell me to stop. I see you, Ma. I am preaching this morning. Sierra, if she was here with me, she would tell me to stop going on the church, uh, but she's not here with me. So I'm gonna go a little bit longer, but I promise you, I won't go too much longer that, that while we will get money. I mean, I've been, I've, I've seen it happen where it's like, well, we don't know if we want to give any benevolence to this person because they keep asking for stuff. Well, of course they keep asking because they are perpetually in need. And it, well, I don't know if we should, you know, because well, how, how they don't even come here every Sunday and, 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 and they're not even tithers. Well, yeah, but what difference? I see you parent, but what difference does that make if they come every Sunday? 
or if they give us, if we have it, shouldn't we give to it? And so, and so we want to make sure I'm trying to preach. Listen, that shouldn't we make sure that is that, 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 that I see, I see you, Tasha. Listen, Natasha won't, won't mind me sharing, sharing this. Natasha told us a couple weeks ago when she came down here to visit, she was like, how come my credit score got better when I left the church? Y'all not ready for Natasha to preach here. She's in East Strasburg. She can't preach here in the DMV, but y'all not ready for like how in the, listen, I have this need and have something that's about to be cut off. I see you, parent. Watch this. And my credit score gets better. And I'm much more of a giver to people who need it when I leave that whole thing. And so and so the whole point is the fact that there's somebody in this in the building, in the synagogue. Watch this. Who has a need? And people know that this person has the need. They can see his hand. They know his hand is withered. Something tells me the fact that they weren't even surprised that he was there. They know they knew this dude. They knew that he had this withered hand and they seen him before and they still paid no attention. I do not. We know that there are people in our fellowship who are struggling. And as opposed to doing that, we'd rather spend fifteen thousand dollars on a church anniversary banquet or on a church anniversary to get a singer in so we can come in and have a great concert. But there are people here who, who who are in the building and they have need for themselves. I'm not trying to preach too hard because we got Tanya and Yenis on the line. I'm not trying to scare Yenis away with my heart preaching. But what I'm trying to tell you, watch this, is the fact that is, is the fact that we need to make sure that impact is a church and that we are people who never ever ignore the needs of others because impact is not exempt from falling into the same situation. I'm here to tell you, let me tell y'all something. Impact is uh, Tasha impact. Cause Tasha, Tasha had called us up after Bible study yesterday. She wanted to make sure that we weren't slipping because we had said something about going uh, about trying to get back together to, again. And she was thinking we were going to purchase a church or something like that. She was like, wait, wait, y'all not going back to church. Like, no, 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 no. Tasha totally different. She's going to keep us on, on board because impact is not watch this exempt from falling into that same rhythm. Listen, impact's not perfect and impact is not exempt from falling into the same thing to where we get off focus and we're no longer focused on making sure people who need have what they need because we've got our own agenda as a church. We're trying to make sure that we're always conscious of it and that we are always paying attention to a need and never, and I see see you, Tanya, and make sure that we never fall into a place to where we're more concerned about whether or not we've got comfortable seats and whether or not we've got carpet that's that's plush and, and, and never fall into the fact that we make sure that we've got, you know, state of the art sound equipment when there are people who are hungry. We want to make sure we uh, 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 never ignore the, 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 the need. That's right, see, make sure we keep the same, the main thing, the main thing. And so that's point number one, that while they're all in the synagogue and there's someone in need, they sitting here, sitting there trying to trap Jesus. Why are you trying to trap him when someone in your synagogue needs help? Uh, uh, so there we go. Let's go. Verse. Uh, so that's verse first. Uh, that's point number one for those who are are, are keeping notes. Uh, yeah, but Sister Karen's on this call this morning, so I got to preach right. Uh, Luke six seven. Let's go to Luke six seven. This is uh, we're going to just go right down through uh, uh, Luke six. Uh, verse six through 11. So now we're at seven. It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, watch this, were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they did watch. It says, I see, I'm trying to let the Holy Spirit lead. It says, so they watched him closely. Watch this to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Uh, uh, Luke six, seven. It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Point number two is that not everyone who's present and not everyone who is watching in your life, watch this, not everyone present and watching 
They're present and watching for your success. Not everybody around you is present because they like you. Not everybody who is present around you is present because they want to see something good happen in your life. I had, listen, I had to learn that, that not everybody who's watching and not everybody who calls themselves my brother and not everybody who calls themselves my friend is there and have that title because they were also religious teachers. They were the teachers of the day. Not everybody who has the title, watch this, and not everybody who is present, no matter how long they've been present, come on, because we think that sometimes because someone's been there for a long time, then they must be here for our benefit. Not necessarily. Sometimes people are there for a long time because they're waiting for something bad to happen. I, I see you, parent. Listen, listen, not everybody who is present with you is there for you. And not everybody who is watching you is watching for your benefit. I'm trying to preach right now. Watch this. Crystal had made a mention of it. She said, not everybody's motives are pure. She done stole my notes. Crystal knows exactly where I'm going with this. Listen, the leaders were present. Watch this. Not only were they present, but they were aware of the situation. They understood what was going on with his hand. Watch this. They were present and aware of the situation and they were watching, but they were not watching because they wanted the person healed. I see you, Tanya. You can relate to this because you look like you can relate. I can relate to it, too. But because they wanted to accuse Jesus. So they're present and they're watching Sister Karen, but not because they wanted the man to be healed. That's not the reason that they were watching. They were present and they were watching because they wanted to try to accuse Jesus. And we have to understand that not every single person who is present in our life and not every single person who is watching and not every single person who is around is around us and watching us diamond or watching watching us yinnis because they want the best. Listen, that sometimes they're around and they're watching because they're waiting for something bad to happen. And they, listen, they watch this. As a matter of fact, they wanted Jesus to heal this man. Not because they, I see you, Sierra. They wanted Jesus to heal the man, but they didn't want Jesus to heal the man because they knew that the healing was best for the person. They wanted Jesus to heal the man so they could accuse Jesus and make a better case for, uh, uh, for Jesus, uh, against Jesus. And so not every single person who's been around you, no matter how long they've been around you no matter what title they want to give themselves oh they're the other oh, your friend oh we're like family oh rick that's my man oh tanya that's my girl listen i see you see her vow oh i love mike and gina oh we love mike and gina oh they will say that but the proof is in the pudding that the, while they are there are they are they there for what's best for you or are they there because they have an alternative motive just because they are there does not mean that they are there for you i hope that y'all take that point number two watch this it says that they watch this they may have been there. They may have been there for a while. They may have given themselves a title. You may have given them a title and you may have believed that they were a friend and you may have believed that they would never stab you in the back. Watch this, but they are not there for you. And we see it here. They were religious leaders. They were right where they were supposed to be in the, in the synagogue, but they were not there. Come on somebody for the right reasons. And we got to make sure we always look back at ourselves that not only do we realize that there are those in our lives who are not there for the right reasons, we got to make sure that we are where we are for the right reasons. Come on, y'all. I'm not even going to talk about outside of church and in other people's lives. I'm even talking about in church. How many of us are in a place or we're somewhere and we're just there, but we're not there for the right reasons? Not that we even have a diabolical motive, but it's there. We're there because of routine or we're there because we've always been there or we're there because we there's people here that we like or there's people here that we want to be friends with. But we're not necessarily there because we're growing in faith and we're not necessarily there because we're serving the Lord. I see you, Maya. It does go both ways. And we got to make sure that if I am 
somewhere that I am authentically here because I have the right motive and I, whether it's growing in my faith or whether it's being able to serve people. Listen, I don't have, when we're out serving the homeless, I, that's right, that's right, see, we got to check on ourselves. When we're outside serving the homeless every two weeks and Yennis comes by, I, there's no doubt in my mind that Yennis is there to serve the homeless and, 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 and she's there doing what she's supposed to do. That's right, Crystal, loyalty. We And, and I remember it was it was years ago at a leadership conference that, that uh, uh, um, gosh, I can't even remember the guy's name, the pastor at um, Zion Church came by and said, sometimes we make idolatry out of loyalty. That sometimes people, we are so loyal to some people that they literally becomes idols because our loyalty uh, takes us down a path that where we're not being true to what God is calling us to do, or we're going against something in a value system that God has given us that is different from, from what we're living because we have a loyalty to a person or a loyalty to a place or a loyalty to an institution or something like that. We need to make sure that 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 we are not the, the, the same folks that are there for an alternative motive, okay? Let's keep on rolling, Impact. We're moving, we moving today. Uh, we're going to, st- again, stand in Luke, Luke 6, uh, verse 8. Watch this. Let's keep reading. NIV. It says, but Jesus knew what they were thinking, right? It says, Jesus knew what they were. I'm trying to preach, Ma. I'm telling the truth. He said, Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the withered hand, he says, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Point number three. This might be one of my favorite points. Watch this. Again, I want to read this. It says, but Jesus knew what they were thinking, and but he said to the man. So Jesus knew what they were thinking. Watch this. But he said to the man with the hand, okay? So he knows what they're thinking. Didn't address that yet. Okay, he's going to address it, but he knew what they were thinking. But yet he said to the man with the withered hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Point number three, if you're writing it down, is that Jesus will not stop your blessing. God will not stop blessing you because of them. Okay, y'all can breathe the sigh of relief this morning. You can you can breathe clearly and you can have a clear conscience that God is not going to stop your blessing and that he's not going to stop his work in your life, Tanya. Diamond, God is not going to stop anything that is supposed to be coming your way. I see you, my God is not going to stop anything that's supposed to come to you simply because of them. Okay. So they had the motive. They're trying to set Jesus up. They wouldn't even help the man with the, with, with the withered hand, but Jesus still spoke to the withered man and said, stand up. We're going to make this happen right now because he's, I ain't worried about them. I'll take care of them, but I'm still going to bless you. And so you don't have to worry about who's against you. I see you, Tanya. I see you, Sierra. You don't have to worry about who's against you. You don't have to worry about who likes you. You don't have to worry about who talks about you behind your back. You don't have to worry about who stabs you in, you don't have to, in the back. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because none of it persuades God in how he's going to deal with you. That when God decided that he's going to bless Perrin, when God decided that he was going to bless Karen, when God said, I'm looking at Mike and Jean, I'm going to bless that thing. When God puts us on Natasha, his heart. And he says, I'm to become a part of impact. I'm going to bless Natasha up there in East Strasburg. When he says, I'm going to do that. He did that without even worrying or caring one bit about what anybody has to say about Yenis or what they have to say about Diamond or what anybody has to say about Ma or, 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 or Sierra. Listen, let me tell you something. And if God is not worried about what they saying about me, I'm not going to care either. That's it. I told you that's my favorite point. I'm going to do the rest of the sermon next week because I'm done. No, 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 I'm going to finish out. Watch this. That that if, listen, if God is not going to care about what they say, why am I spending any of my time worried about what these fools got to say about me? That it, Listen, that if why they chit-chatting and talking and doing all this stuff and saying all this stuff, if while they doing it, God still says, uh, he still looks at the man and says, get up, that while they're doing all that and they're trying to set, his, set Jesus up, if he's not worried about the setup, why am I worried about the setup? Don't 
don't you ever think, watch this, don't you ever think that anyone can block your blessing or stop God's plan for your life. His blessing, watch this, is over your life. His healing power is in your life. They can't block it. The Bible says that he even knew what they were thinking. He knew it was a setup and they wanted to accuse him. And even though they wanted to set Jesus up, he says, they can try to set me up. I'm still going to heal this dude. Their setup ain't going to stop me from doing anything that I need to do. So point number three is Jesus won't stop your blessing uh, because of them. He's not going to stop anything that you got going on simply because they got something to say about it. And I, and, and I don't know whether somebody needs to hear that tonight or not, but you uh, this morning, but you need to, you need to realize that it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It literally doesn't matter anything going on or what anybody has to say about you. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to heal him because I, because I am a healer. And so Yenis, God is going to bless you because blessing is what he, blessing people is what he does. Diamond, his plans for you is his plans for you. It doesn't matter what anybody has to say about it. Brenda, God has something for you. And what I'm trying to explain to you is it doesn't matter what they say. Please, why do we spend so much time focused on what other people say? Spend that time focused on what God says. Come on, somebody, that it doesn't matter what it is or how mad they get or if they upset or anything like that, that what he has for you is for you. And you need to understand that today. And maybe again, we talk about writing stuff down, write this down and put it on your, on your mirror in the bathroom or write it on, on the dashboard on your car, put a little post-it note there, or write it, you know, put it as your screensaver on your phone that, that God's blessings to me won't stop because of them. That's point number three. Let's keep on reading y'all. Cause I'm preaching as I'm preaching this morning. Watch this Luke six, nine through 10. Okay. Let's, let, we're still in Luke six. Now we're at verse nine through 10. Then Jesus said to them, uh, Jesus said, said, says to them, I, I, this is one of my favorite points too. Watch this. He says to them, uh, he says, I ask, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy it. He looked around at all of them and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so. And his hand was completely uh, restored. Okay. Now watch this. We got to see this first part of the scripture. It says, then Jesus said to them, I ask you what is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil. Now, uh, to save a life or destroy it. Point number four is when the sunlight of truth hits a situation, it silences everything else. People talking and doing stuff or all that kind of stuff, that's fine. But when the truth comes, it silences all that talk. Because people got a lot of stuff to say, but when the truth is there, then it silences everything else. Watch this. We talked about the three accounts of this story. We talked about Matthew 12 and Mark 3, right? Now, in, in, in Matthew 12, in Matthew's account of what happens, it actually says that the Pharisees asked Jesus if it was lawful for him to heal on the Sabbath. That's in a different account. Now, why it's not in Luke's account? Because not in Luke's account or Mark's account. It's possible that um, uh, that they did not hear that question said, but you know, Matthew or someone close to Matthew uh, 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 heard that question. And so in Matthew 12, in that account, it says that the Pharisees asked Jesus if it was lawful for him to heal on the Sabbath. So now watch this. They asked that question. So Jesus responds to their question with an action, right? He stands up and he gives them a question, tell the man to come to him. But now that Jesus is the one asking the questions, nobody's got nothing to say. Watch this. They had all this stuff to say. They got these questions. They're trying to trap him. But now that Jesus is the one asking the questions and he's answering your question. But now, so I'm answering yours. But now I got a question for you. They stood there and they stood silent. Isn't it funny how in our lives people can dish something, but they can't take it? Come on. Let me get some water. Hold on. 
ain't it, listen, ain't it funny how they can question and they can talk and they can criticize you and they can say this and say that. But the moment you got a question or the moment you need some clarification, then all of a sudden nobody got nothing to say. Oh, they can dish the questions. They can try to trap Jesus. But now that the trappers are the one being trapped by Jesus, no, nobody want to trap no more. Oh, we out. Oh, we ain't trapping no more. No, we ain't in the streets. Nobody trapping. No, no, no. But it, you're trying to trap him. And then the fact that he answers the question because you can't trap him. But now he gives you a question. That's right, Brenda. All of a sudden it's quiet. Nobody got nothing to say because the truth is being out or nothing to say that's reasonable. You ever been in a situation where somebody's trying to twist the truth or do this and all of a sudden the truth is out and they either have nothing to say or what they have to say has nothing to do with the situation. They try to divert. We do a diversion tactic or they try to come at you personally. Yeah, well, that's because nobody likes it. It's like, what, what does liking me got to do with anything? This is the truth because it's a diversion tactic because now that Jesus is now sitting here trying to tell these people, this is, look, look, look that, well, you let me know. I'm going to heal them. You're asking me if it's, if it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath. I just told y'all I'm Lord over the Sabbath. If you read back a few verses, Jesus had a whole encounter with them about the Sabbath before this incident. And so he's like, I told you I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Can I, should I heal him on the Sabbath? Come here. You come here. I'm going to heal you right now. I'm answering your questions, but now I have a question. He says, now, now I am asking you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or should we not do good? And now that he's the one asking the questions, the same people who tried to trap him, who were dishing out the traps, they now can't, can't, can't take being trapped and they have nothing else to say. It is so funny that they didn't even respond to Jesus' questions. It's so funny how they can question Jesus and try to trap him, uh, but they can't even ask him his, answer his questions. And now we see the trappers are getting trapped. Now, as a matter of fact, before Jesus even deals with the man, Mark's account, which is a little bit different, uh, Mark uh, 3, because they don't mention this uh, in, in Matthew or in Luke, Mark's account says that Jesus actually got angered and distressed by their silence. Because you had so much to say when you thought you were trapping me. But now that I'm responding, and Jesus is responding boldly because he knows who he is. Now that Jesus is responding, nobody has anything to say. And it says that Jesus, and Mark, it says Jesus was angered and, and distressed at their silence. Don't stop talking now. It is just so funny how they can dish it, but they cannot take it. And now the same people who were trying to trap, they are now the ones who are trapped themselves. Let's keep on reading this story. And we're almost done this morning, y'all. Uh, uh, so now we're still in Luke 6. We're going verse 10 through 11. It says, he looked around, he looked around at them and said to the man, he says, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored. Now watch this. It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is not even a point on my sheet. I'll show y'all. It's not even, I don't know if you probably can't even really see it. It's not a point on my sheet, but just a side note, not everybody's going to be happy when good things happen to you. Okay. Uh, that, that one, that one is for Tanya and that one's for Diamond. That not, ev- listen, not everybody is going to be happy when good things happen to you. They may get upset that they, they listen, they may, they, and, and by the way, there's different layers to that too. Like there are some people who may not, who, who, who struggle with that simply because they've been praying and believing for something for a long time and it hasn't happened yet. And so there's this natural reaction that that's, well, when is it my turn? And that's natural. Uh, uh, and, uh, but, but it's natural, but still something we got to deal with because so maybe some of us deal with that too. It's like, man, God has been blessing Brenda a lot lately. And I've been praying for a long time and it would help me out a lot. If, <laughs> if God would spread some of that love he's given to Brenda, uh, would send it my way. Sometimes that is natural and we all deal with it. But then there is that there, 
they are also all those folks who have that malicious intent. And 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 you know, when something good happens to Yennis or something good happens happens to Crystal, you know that 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 for one reason or another, it doesn't make them happy. That's just a little side point. That that don't don't be disturbed. Count it not strange. Don't let it stumble you that someone else is upset because you've been blessed. There's somebody right now who may even they, they like Mike. Uh, uh, they like Brother Mike in a situation where he's in need. They like Sister Gina, uh, Gina Hackley in a situation where she always in need. They want you struggling because they're comfortable with you in that spot. They're comfortable with you as long as your hand is withered. But the moment your hand is not withered anymore, they don't want anything to do with you. And they feel, you know, and, and then uh, you think you are that because, you know, no, it's not. It's just that my hand is whole. You should be, you know, rejoicing with me. All right, here we go. Point number five. Watch this. Point number five, uh, and this should free some of us up from things we're trying to do. I see you, Tanya. Watch this, is that even the truth will not change some people. It just is what it is. You would assume that after Jesus teaches them the first lesson about the Sabbath, after Jesus is in the synagogue and they're trying to set him up, he, he, he then gives them a question that they can't answer. And then he still heals the man and they watch him heal this man, that that would be enough to convert them. But no, they did not walk away converted. They walked away trying to find a way to kill Jesus. They didn't walk away believing in him, even though they probably thought that they, you know, there's something about this dude. They didn't walk away believing in him and wanting to follow him. They walked away wanting to kill him, okay? So even sometimes exposure to the truth does not change everybody. Sometimes we think that we can negotiate and we can talk. And what if they just knew the truth? If they just saw what really happened? If they just understood my side of the story? Or if they just understood the full truth? If they just knew that this person is lying and this person's not telling the truth and they're being deceptive and they don't hear my side and they don't understand? Oh, but if they just knew, listen, let go of if they just knew. Because sometimes they will know and the truth still won't change them. The Pharisees, I see you see here, it is a wild situation. They saw Jesus heal this man. They saw him do good and they walked away even more angry and more frustrated. And they walked away trying to plot to kill Jesus. And sometimes we sit here and never stop telling the truth, never stop being a beacon of light and never stop living the truth. But you got to understand that sometimes people will encounter the truth and they literally will leave the truth and not change. And they will double down on on exactly whatever it is that they're doing and whatever it is that they're living. It won't change everybody. But you know who it can change? You know who we can make sure that it does change? We can make sure it change us. We can make sure that when we are exposed to the truth and we are enlightened, that we walk away uh, uh, change and that we walk away having seen the light and it does something inside of us. Let us never walk away from hearing or experiencing the truth and let us never walk away from that unchanged, okay? Let the truth of God's word and the experience that we have with God change us and conform us Watch this to the image of Christ. Now, why, now, now, now here's the thing that's not even, that's not even, even on the notes, um, you know, because we see what happens when the trappers get trapped. But understand that a lot of us, you know, we are all at some point in our lives and even we all at this point now are like the man with the withered hand. And while some of our ailments may not be physically, it may be inner. We may not have a withered hand, but we have a withered spirit or we have, a, uh, you, you know, a, a withered mentality or something inside of us is withered and, and and, 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 and you may you may feel it uh, and, and people may know it, but you too, just like this man, may feel as if you've been ignored, that the, that, that, that the withering that is going on inside of you has been ignored by people who are supposed to be able to do something about it, that you spent time in a 
synagogue and you spent time in the church, but everybody else's agenda in the church has left your withered state ignored. And what I'm trying to tell you is that is that, that, that the same way that Jesus says to this man, I see you, mom, extend your hand. Do we understand that that might have been even hard for this man to do because his hand was withered? But I'm assuming from what I've seen with certain medical conditions that someone even with a withered hand might have an issue with their with their arm or with their nerve. Understand how hard it would be for someone with a withered hand to actually extend that hand. And that is what God is calling us to do is to make sure that whatever that thing is that is withered inside of you, that you extend it out to him. And the thing about extending something out is the fact that when you extend something out, people can see it. And we may be we may be embarrassed to extend extend out the withered part. We may be embarrassed and don't want anyone to see it. But let me tell you, you are not going to be able to extend it, and and, and nobody sees it. Amen. And, and so what happens is sometimes we want to hide things and we want to keep it inside of us. And I don't want anyone to see the withered uh, uh, inside or the the, the 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 withered mentality or the withered spirit or my withered like whatever it is inside of me or that I'm dealing with. I don't want anyone to see that. But God is saying, man, who cares about what they see? Watch this, because they're watching, but they're not even watching because of you. They couldn't care less about the man with the withered hand. They cared because they, they, they were watching because they were watching Jesus and wanted to set him up. He says, who cares about them? You extend that out. And whatever it is this morning, Diamond, or whatever it is this morning, Val, Sierra, whatever it is this morning. And I'm not saying that you sit here at church. I I, I know that's right, Tanya. I'm, listen, God's making that heart smile. Listen, I'm not saying that, 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 that you need to just say, well, here's what's withered in me. And you put it in the chat box. I'm just saying, just give it to God. If someone one sees it, they see it. If they don't, they don't. Who cares? But we have to take that thing that's with it and we have to give it to him because restoration and fullness of use of that thing is available to us if we extend it out. Now watch this, watch this, not only in us, but I literally believe that God, and I shared this on Wednesday, is taking impact to a point to where the witheredness that we see, not only within ourselves, but the witheredness that we see in the world, that God is going to use impact to start restoring things. And I'm not even talking about, I mean, in, in, inward witheredness, yes, but I'm talking about even outward. With, I mean, uh, uh, Carlisha had texted me in Sierra talking about the guy who was on a bus and he clearly got mental issues and he was causing a ruckus and stuff like that. And then Manny was reading his, um, doing the little kids Bible app and, and, and he learned how Peter was healing people. And he was like, wait a minute, I thought only Jesus healed people. Peter could heal. Well, what if I could heal people? God is doing a movement and impact where I literally believe that when, just as we go out there and feed people, that there will be people out there, whether it's physical witheredness or whether it's inward witheredness, that we are going to go out there and people are going to be restored and made whole, whether it's physically or whether it is internally. But I'm telling you, it's going to start right here in God. God's house. And that as we start to offer those things the same way Jesus told the man, you extend that hand, do what seems impossible. You do the hard thing because I know it's hard for you, but you make the move. If I, I'm right here and I can heal it. But if you can just extend to me that hurt, if you could just extend to me your heart, if you could just extend to me that thing that needs to be healed, I, I see you see here. I promise you I'll heal it, but you got you, but you got to reach out. You got to give it to me. And so I'm hoping today that as we close out, that whatever that thing is that you need to extend to God, whatever it is you, that you, that, that you and, and the truth of the matter is, we don't have the strength to do it ourselves, but that you will pray for the strength to at least extend it out, to at least give it to him and say, it's still here. Because I was doing that this morning, that this thing inside and this hurt and that and this and that, that it's still here but I got to give it to you and I've got to take it from here and I've got to extend it out and make sure 
uh, that 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 I give it to God and that He's able uh, uh, to heal it. And so again, you can find all those uh, in Ma- Matthew twelve has an account, Mark three has an account, Luke six. Uh, has an account as well. Uh, after I pray, if anybody wants to stay on and maybe share something that God has spoken to them, uh, feel free to stay on and and, and share. Um, I'll make sure that I post this before I, I before I leave um, before I leave here. Uh, so if anyone wants to listen back, you can listen back um, uh, 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 to the message. Uh, 